welcome to Tech Live. Stephanie Christopher here, Chief Executive of the Executive Connection. Tech Connect CEOs, executives and business owners to the world's largest business leader network. We're committed to delivering actionable insights, accelerating business performance and optimising decision making. Our guest today is Ross Marston, the founder and chief security strategist for Business Intelligence Security. Ross has been in cybersecurity and the network engineering industry for 30 years now and has worked with all manner of businesses from governments, large corporations to small local businesses and everything in between. He currently spends his days running his cybersecurity consultancy and his separate IT cloud services business. I love how Ross describes the cybersecurity industry as perfect for those that find accounting just too exciting. <laughs> and Ross has shared with me that he's also a surf lifesaver in Noosa Heads. Retired now, but Retired yes. Retired now. Yes. But you started uh, to tell me a great story, Ross, that I think was quite allegorical for a conversation about cybersecurity. And tell me about uh, the question you're often asked when you're a lifesaver at Noosa Heads about sharks. Are there any sharks in the water? Are there any sharks in the mm, water? And what's yes. your response to that question? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And uh, yeah, it, it, it is actually an excellent uh, allegory, isn't it? it? There is constantly sharks in the water. We used to tell people that there was um, two types of businesses, those that have been hacked and those that will be hacked. But uh, that's long since changed. Now it's those that uh, know that they've been hacked and those that don't yet know. The there's sharks in the water. There's sharks. Yeah. Just before we get onto it, tell me what your real response, though, was when people said there's sharks in the water. <laughs> uh, we tell them to dip their finger in the water and uh, and uh, taste the water, and if it tastes salty, that there's sharks in the water. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I think that's great. That's perfect. Just what you want to hear from your life. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> so, Ross. Confidence inspiring. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, great. <laughs> Every time I leave the country, you know, for work or holidays, whenever I'm out of Australia, without fail... Our financial controller will get an email from me, in inverted commas, saying, please wire $100,000 to this account. Can't talk now. I'm going into a meeting. I'm very busy. Thanks, Steph. What's going on there? If you're publishing where you are or, or mm. people know where you are on social media, then mm. uh, uh, the, the bad guys, we call them MTAs, malicious threat actors. Yes. Um, but uh, the MTAs are, uh, are just keeping an eye on that and, uh, and looking for opportunities to do a bit of social engineering and, uh, and try and uh, you know, move everyone into an emergency phase. So it, it's, it's all about social engineering is all about um, uh, trying to exploit uh, what the, uh, the military calls the OODA loop, uh, the... Um, uh, uh, OODA loop, yes. which is the observe, orient, decide and act. And what social engineering is all about is trying to get you to eliminate those first, uh, those middle two elements ah. of orient and decide and just go from observe to act and so that you make rash decisions. So they create a sense of urgency or they create some sort of um, imperative that you have to do something without really looking at what's going on. That's what social engineering is all about. Confidence tricksters have been doing this for an awful long time. Now anyone in the world gets the opportunity to do it directly for, uh, you know, for people like yourself. Those types of attacks are called whale attacks where mm -hmm. you know they're aiming at the big fish uh, we see it day in day out of, uh, of people trying to exploit those sorts of vulnerabilities and the other side of things is that the, in many of those instances there can be people actually living in people's email systems mm. and observing what's going on and we see that happen an awful lot too well that's really interesting because 
I don't really use social media except for LinkedIn and I would never say where I am. Mm. So does that mean that they may well be looking at an email of mine saying, well, I'm off to San Diego? We may need to take this conversation offline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I so can't tell say me for sure. about, But tell me about someone actually living in your email system. It sounds sounds awful. Yeah, anyway, look, and, and, and it can is. happen so simply. You know, all it, uh, all it needs is one poor password or one poor yes. security practice from someone within the organisation, and that can give uh, an external, you know, an MTA uh, a foothold into your system. Yes. And from there, we call it lateral movement when they can move within your system. It yes. becomes quite easy um, because, uh, as with confidence tricksters of, of old, it's all about building up confidence. So yes. uh, if, you know, if someone has your trust and they're mm. used to communicating with you, then it's a very simple process for them to exploit that trust. Yes. And uh, uh, so it's all about just trying to exploit that uh, that process and that trust to get people to make rash decisions and uh, do things that they wouldn't otherwise normally do. I like that analogy you've used of like a confidence trickster. It, it's the same thing. It, it's just a modern version of confidence tricksters, uh, except now they get uh, you know to be spread across the world and they you know they don't have to be face to face with you anymore. Uh, Who they, are they? Uh, okay. So so they can be absolutely anyone, uh, mm. unfortunately, and they range from, you know, like they're generally termed in the media as hackers because that sounds a lot more, you know, yeah. scary and dynamic and yeah. sells a lot more papers. But they can be anyone from, um, uh, you know, people just trying to have some sort of agenda, some political agenda. They can be uh, just common thieves just trying to steal money. They can be nation state actors. Uh, yes. They can be uh, people just trying to make a statement. They, unfortunately, we don't, yeah, that's why we call them MTAs. It's, it's just a malicious threat actor you know right. it's, it, it can be anyone and it can be anyone from uh, you know the the 14 year old kid sitting in his uh, his bedroom yes. uh, you know through to very very organized nation state actors and as you may have seen in the uh, in the media recently uh, even our political parties mm. uh, fell victim to a nation state actor uh, actually compromising their systems so it uh, yes. it can happen from the smallest to the largest unfortunately yeah clearly mm. so for a, a mid-sized business in Australia or yep. New Zealand, what would be the most common kind of attack to look out for? Oh, look, business email compromise is uh, yes. is huge. You know, so social engineering uh, mm. combined with, with business uh, email compromise is where that, that's the biggest threats. You know, there's certainly other, you know, genuine hacking and, yeah. you know, uh, genuine things like that going on. But business email compromise is certainly the um, people living in your email system, as mm. you said before. The, Sounds like an awful bug look, or something. <laughs> the, it, it, it is awful. The average length of time that someone lives in a system before the company finds out uh, yeah. is 18 months. Right. Uh, so in 18 months, as you can imagine, quite a lot can happen. And most of the time, these guys uh, spend just observing what's going on. We had a client recently who their systems had been uh, compromised. Someone was living in it. Mm. And uh, the attacker had negotiated an entire contract with a third party, a, a known trusted uh, third party who they regularly do business with. They had negotiated a whole new deal with this uh, client based on the fact that they were trusted. And the only reason that it got found out before money actually changed hands was that uh, the client actually rang, uh, sorry, our, our client, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually rang the contractor up and said, oh, we just want to check this is a different um, bank account than what you normally use. Wow. Should we really pay this $700,000 uh, into this wow. account? The answer, of course, was, huh? <laughs> What are you talking about? It wouldn't have been picked up if the um, client hadn't actually, you know, just questioned the payment. Uh, so. so we'll get 
and I'm just kind of parking it, but I want to flag that for when we get to, well, what should you do about it as a business? But one of the things is having really good practices, doesn't it? Because Policy, yeah, policies and, and procedures in place is imperative. And so and not just about, but not just about cyber, but about sort of financial Absolutely and everything. governance practices yeah, because correct. in my situation, yeah. my financial controller isn't wiring any money anywhere. Yeah. Just on a quick email from me saying I'm in a hurry, do it. Yep, you have to have processes in place that are just immutable. You know, they uh, they will happen no matter what if you have those in place. So a lot of these fall under cybercrime and so forth, but really they're just common business risk practices. You know, yes, and which I like, and we'll get we will get to that in a moment. I'd like to explore. We're going to park a lot of things here. No, aren't we? It's <laughs> fine, but we've got plenty of time. What I want to explore a little more is the kind of attacks. What about a ransom attack? How common is that in Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, very common. Is um, and, and it's quite devastating too because mm. uh, ransomware attacks, they normally come in through email. So it's not a compromised email account. They would normally come in through um, uh, someone clicking on a malicious link. Yes. Uh, that gives way to the attacker being able to install some software on their machine once that software is installed. Because a lot of uh, IT firms and, and companies protect against the outside coming in. So they, they still have a, um, a moat mentality, we call yes. it, you know, as, uh, of going, yes. you know, no one can breach our moat, so everything yes. is okay. Whereas, you know, most attacks happen from the inside out. Yes. Now they mightn't be from a you know from a malicious insider, but that's like a phishing. Is that what that is? Uh, no. So phishing is is the exploratory um, stage of trying to get the compromise inside. But uh, what what the attack uh, is trying to do is just get access to the inside of your network. And once they're on the inside, they know that most businesses aren't that protected from the inside right. to move you know laterally move within right. the business. I've got it. So what you were talking about before then is someone inside clicking on something that takes them outside uh, and well, the, the ran- potential yeah, ransom. And correct. what might that look like? What kind of things might a team member click on? Oh, look, it, it can be anything. And it takes us back to that um, that uh, OODA loop scenario that we're talking about there where um, the attacker is just trying to get you to, some people call it clickbait, uh, but yeah. whatever it is, it's something that would interest someone to click on. And, you know, it normally involves, you know, and also, oh, hey, click here or log into this account. Or, or Australia Post, we've got your parcel ready. Correct. Click yeah, your parcel that. is ready. Yeah. Um, uh, you're going to be sued. Uh, you've got a traffic infringement. Uh, yeah, a Russian lady desperately wants to uh, to meet you, and yes. you know, on and on it goes. Yes. Um, so uh, it it's basically anything to try and entice you to click on the link. The link is then malicious. Uh, Installs some software on your uh, machine. Once the attacker has access to your machine, they're mm. inside your network. Um, mm. You're no longer trying to protect from the outside in. Yeah. Uh, you're then. Living in the network. And that's where a ransom attack could happen. Correct. And so then they in- install some ransomware and yeah. that uh, th- what the ransomware does is um, uh, encrypts, which just means um, changes all your files so that they can't be easily read. And uh, it does that with a mathematical process yes. that you, know, you, you don't need to, to worry about, but it encrypts it in a, in a manner that um, they're no longer usable. And yes. uh, so the ransomware is, hey, pay us this sum of Bitcoin or mm. uh, actually a more common one these days uh, or a very common one uh, that's going on at the moment is uh, pay us in uh, like Apple cards I- or iTunes gift cards. iTunes cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, money laundering. 
Uh, it's, oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I always think, how, it's ma- perfect money how many la- iTunes cards can you need? Perfect money laundering. Right. Yeah, it's just a uh, turn money into something that they can, you know, change for something else. It's just right. money laundering. Bit- uh, uh, Bitcoin or, you know, other cryptocurrencies. And um, I-, I won't go into the whole cryptocurrency thing, but no. uh, pay us this money and we'll decrypt your files for you. And those um, those ransoms can range from a few hundred dollars to several million. And there's been a, a number of very high-profile high cases in recent times that have been millions and millions of dollars. And have you worked with many clients that have been through an attack like this? Yes. And survived yeah. it? Most survive it. For most, they're unprepared and it's it's a horrible experience that, that doesn't go the way that they'd, they'd like it to go. Uh, so uh, generally people will survive it unless they've got you know no backups or, or nothing in place. But if they have no plan, it is infinitely more expensive than they have a plan already in place that's tested and you know the world's nice and short up anyone who's listening to this conversation is now either <laughs> on the edge of their seat <laughs> unplug their computer or or never going overseas again <laughs> so how about let's turn the conversation now let's go positive let's go positive yes. so ross you've been doing this for 30 years what should a business owner or even an individual what should people do to protect themselves? Start with the ultra, ultra basics. If people have good password hygiene in mm. place, then you're, you're miles ahead of the general curve. Um, mm. So good password hygiene, the most important thing with that is if you use the same password in two different locations, yeah. you're in all sorts of trouble. Right. Uh, it goes massively downhill from that point. So right. every password needs to be unique yes. and ideally over about 12 to 16 characters. Yes. Um, that means that you can't remember most passwords. Yes. That's Great. We don't yeah. want you to yeah. use a password manager. Um, right. Uh, if you're using a password manager, and there's a ton of good ones on the market. There's LastPass. There's One Password. There's Dashlane. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. They're they're all you know the any of the the top name ones are very good. If you're doing that, you never remember another password. And okay, yeah. so good password hygiene and use a password manager. Yep, let's Beautiful. start with, with those ones. Um, if you're doing those things, then you're a mile ahead of the curve and that will make it... Uh, and if you've got everyone in your business doing the same thing, yes. uh, then there's no weak holes because there's no point you know, yes. having three immensely fortified walls and the other one being completely open to the world. So, nice. You know, okay, that's yeah, good. There's no... Um, you know, you've got to have practices across your entire business. So, yes. you know, probably the main thing is that the, the business leaders, whether that's the board, the C-suite, mm. you know, whoever it is, they need to take personal responsibility that, that this is, you know, cybersecurity is what we're going to pay a lot of attention to and mm. uh, and propagate that throughout the entire organisation. And I like what you say, compare it with OH&S. Yeah, yeah. Because no one leading a business is going to ignore something that could that's critical. A, so yeah. it's it's risk, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it is a it, it's a one hundred percent business risk issue. Mm. It's not a technical issue. And if you're thinking about it from a technical standpoint, you, you've missed the boat completely. It's mm. it's not a technical issue. Tell me about that. Look, it, it's purely just a um, a business risk issue. And and anyone you've had a couple of excellent speakers on recently that have mm. talked about innovation and yes. you know how to innovate in your business. And we're talking about exactly the same thing here. If you you know most innovators have a very innate ability to go okay. 
if if we go down this track and that doesn't work, we know we can head over here and yeah. we know you know that we can do this. They have a plan B, they have a plan C. They're somewhat risk averse, they, which they is are kind v- of the, generally the very irony, risk-averse. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And and so genuinely innovating in your business means that you you want to be considering and mitigating the risks where you can. And that's exactly what we want people to do. Is mm. you know, cyber risk is huge. Um, Warren Buffett described it as the biggest threat to Western economies uh, or to mm. world economies. Sorry, mm. very very real risk, and it doesn't need to be. It's only a real risk because everyone's kind of going. Well, we hope the nerds have got it under control. Yeah, I've got but, IT people. That's it. right. Yeah, we hope the nerds have got it sorted out. We don't have to think about that. So I've heard then, and I really like that the idea of leadership. Yes. From from the board and, and from the the leaders and an the, understanding of what those risks yeah. are, and then yep. taking a risk management approach to it, which I really like. Yep, and that it's it's not a technical issue that someone smart will sort out. It's actually a business issue, and Correct. so as a business leader, that's your job to do that. That's exactly right. What else? Okay, there's uh, there's a. Education um, is a, comes into a massive part of what needs to happen because we tell everyone that they need to have layered defences, you know, for uh, their cybersecurity risks. But one of those layers is people actually understanding what their risks of what they do on a day-to-day basis are. So, you know, you said exactly before, you know, your CFO regularly gets mm. uh, emails saying, hey, quick, send us all this yeah. money and life will yeah. be great. People understanding what they need to do mm. to be able to mitigate those risks and what their job in, involves. So if you're a small to medium business and you've got a bookkeeper uh, that, you know, is in charge of doing what uh, what they do on a day-to-day basis, they have to understand what the risks are to them. Yes. And to be aware of them, um, yes. because most of the uh, the social engineering type mm. attacks and things like that, there's no technology that we can throw at that no. to stop it happening. No. Um, you know, it's only people understanding what their job now entails, because the world kind of moved with the technology and you know how we do a lot of things now. Yeah. Um, but business hasn't changed. Business mm. is still the same. You still need clients. You still yeah, need it's to the make fundamentals. Prob- yeah, the fundamentals. You get paid. Are, you pay your people. You keep it, going. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Life is uh, from that respect is is very much the same. But we've uh, you know. A lot of people have taken the uh, the attitude of, oh, because this is a technical thing, I don't understand technical things, so I'm just not going to look at that. It's two things then. So education is one thing, Education's and that's really huge. education across the board, isn't Correct. it? Correct. So it's your whole team understanding that. Correct, from the top down. From the top down. Yeah. And then policies are different. That's a separate thing as well. What's your standard practices that are risk mitigation? Yeah, you, and you need sh- to have those in place so that mm. um, they're very, very clear. So if we hark back to your uh, the issue that you're talking yes. about with the CFO before, if there's no policy in place to, to say, this is what we do when we are transferring any money and this mm. is the process. We're talking about people compromising and changing bank accounts on invoices, which we see happen almost daily. Yes. You'll get an invoice and the, the bank details are different because that invoice has actually been doctored yes. by a malicious third party. If you don't have standard practices in place uh, yes. to you know, be able to say, well, if a, a, a bank detail changes, um, then we question it in you know a couple of different yes. ways to make sure that you know, this is authentic. And uh, if you don't have those sorts of policies in place, uh, a classic one is an acceptable use policy um, mm-hmm. for users. What are oh, you yeah. allowed to do? What What is a, an employee allowed to do or a guest in your network or in, in your business or anything like that? like that, 
What are they permitted to do when they are on your network? If those policies aren't written down, then they they don't exist and free-for-all is uh, is at hand. So things like acceptable use policies, mm. BYOD policies, you know, bring your own device. Mm. If I bring my phone into work and it's full of malware and, you know, mm. uh, horrible things and I've got games by the truckload on there and I connect it to your network and all of a sudden your network's compromised, do you have a policy governing those sorts of Do you know, when I worked for a, a much bigger organisation than where I am now, we had all that stuff. Yes. And, you know, I remember when employees weren't allowed to look at Facebook yep. on a working computer. You yep. know, the world has changed so much, number one. And number two, I represent and I'm a mid-sized business. So... It's hard to say you can't have your own devices because more and more in organisations, people have their own device. That's how you operate now. That's right, yeah. So it's just back to education, I suppose. Well, it? it's not only education, but it's, it's back to the, uh, the business saying this is acceptable. Mm. Um, so it doesn't matter whether you're a one-man band and, uh, you know, you just have a, a contract bookkeeper come in or, mm. you know, a couple of contractors come in or whether you're tech-sized business mm. or whether you're BHP. The, the, the policy, you know, the, the requirements are the same. You just scale how much you do of it. So if you don't have any plan, then you are guaranteed to fail at it. Standard business 101. Yes, yes. You have to have plans and, uh, and the risks to your business from a, a cyber perspective fall exactly in that you know, in that mm. realm. You have to have a plan and policies and procedures. This is how we authorise a bank account details change yes. for a supplier. I understand. And that's that's basic business practice, basic isn't it? Basic business really practice. Tight on it. But they're the things that we're constantly having to, to try and deal with yeah. for clients because, I, as I say, the, you know, I guess people kind of go, it's a technical thing, I don't understand technical things, so mm. therefore... I'll just let that one go through to the keeper. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, my apologies in advance to uh, to any ins- uh, insurers listening, uh, but uh, it is a minefield, and you really do have to read very carefully because a lot of cyber crimes that we you know we identify yeah. as cyber crimes are actually fraud and theft, and they fall under a ah. fraud insurance, not a cyber ah, uh, policy. Right. Okay. So y- you need to very uh, unfortunately, no one wants to read an insurance policy. But you have to when it comes to cyber because you need to fully understand what it is that you're uh, what you're you're insuring against and where the uh, the gotcha frequently comes in is the policy will read uh, we will protect you against this 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 and this provided you have this 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 and this right. in place. If you had this, like this, having this in locks place, on your windows for theft or whatever. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same thing. If yeah. you had those things in place, the risk probably wouldn't exist in the first place. Yeah, right. So yeah. You, you've kind of got to carefully read and understand what it is that you're um, you're insuring for uh, mm. and what your requirements are to do that. Because there's been some very high profile insurance claims in recent times that have been turned down because. Um, uh, a number of reasons that uh, so insurance is very important and uh, and you know so should definitely uh, be considered, but it should be looked at very closely to to make sure that people understand what they're buying and they're not just throwing money randomly at a problem. Yes, okay. I think the social network, social network, what's it called? Social, social engineering. Oh, social. social yeah. Sorry, social network. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing. Social that was engineering. Was a great movie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it was a fantastic <laughs> movie. Yeah, I think the social network was a really good movie. <laughs> Let's talk about movies you for were, a moment, Seth. <laughs> I could talk about it all day, but I actually think social engineering is the scariest, isn't it? Oh, because look, it's, it's the it, it, it's the easiest to perpetrate, and yeah. um, 
If we're doing um, uh, penetration tests, you know, so you've yes, heard of, I understand. Yep, um, yep. So uh, if we're doing penetration tests, that always starts with a bit of social engineering to uh, ring up someone who uh, and just say, oh, look, I, you know, I've lost my passport and I'm trying to get in and I, I need to get in right away to pay this. And, uh, can you just you know, change my password? Just, pa- just reset mean- my password for me and tell yeah. me what it is. There's a two-second bit of social engineering that, you know, that gets you immediately into um, to most organisations very quickly. Which <laughs> you probably won't say right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things that your people need to be back to being trained again and so forth. Mm. But the social engineering aspect is that's the confidence trickster part. That's the mm. the part that is so easy to play on. And again, because a lot of people don't really understand what's required of them in their job mm. now, they, they understand what the the old school. Uh, requirement was, but yes. they don't understand uh, what is required as far as, you know, um, now that we do all this in uh, a third party app that lives somewhere out there mm. in the cloud. The cloud. The cloud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a term we just love. Does my job change? And there's been no real training around that and no real understanding of what their requirements are now. So social engineering is actually getting easier and easier because there isn't the training there for people to understand. Right. So the shift in paradigm around work is opening up a whole lot of other things, Correct. isn't it? Other than, well, you can be flexible or work part-time or the gig economy or whatever. Correct, yeah. It's it's that clarity about what's my engagement with the organisation and what does that require of me, Exactly. whether yeah. I'm in a cafe on Wi-Fi. Yeah. Or if I'm sitting in an office looking at my colleagues. That's exactly right. And and also, what is the requirement on the uh, the support staff within the organisation mm. or external to the organisation? Well, that's right, because I outsource X, Correct. Y and Z because yep. that's a yep. modern work paradigm. Yeah. Who do we speak to about what is acceptable for us, you know, information to give out over the phone? I was on the way uh, um, over on the train yesterday afternoon. I was sitting next to a, a, a lovely lady who um, was ordering her dinner on the phone. I now know her phone number, her street address, yeah. uh, her full name, uh, what she eats. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sitting next to someone on a train. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the way we do a lot of the things that yes. we do now and uh, and mobile phones and so forth have, have changed things in quite a significant manner that make it so much easier to exploit so many of those things now. And, and um, we need to educate people uh, you know, to so that they understand what those things were. When the guy used to turn up with the vacuum cleaner on your doorstep, it was a lot easier to, you know, yes. to, to know who was a confidence trickster and who wasn't. Ground's this, got a lot muddier. <laughs> yeah, it has. I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated about this stuff because it's, <laughs> it's just a... A whole different set of challenges and risks for business. It is, yeah. So, but, but it is still just standard business risk. Well, that's and, and it needs I'm... to be thought of in exactly the same manner. It doesn't need to be thought of in, oh, this is you know insurmountable. It's, it's quite surmountable. You well, know? it is. And that's what I've taken from this, Ross. Start with the basics, yeah. which is have, have a good, good governance of your business, good leadership, and be training a team with clarity about what their job is and, and what the boundaries are. And then be owning as a business leader, owning what the challenges and the risk is rather than saying, as you say, the nerds will look after it I yeah. don't, or I'm insured, I'm fine. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, most business leaders, um, particularly when we go in after the, a breach has happened yes. or something like that, have no concept of what it was that they were trying to protect in the yeah. first place. Like what? Do, I don't even know what I did wrong. That, that's exactly right. So uh, I, I, I love that. 
And I think that that's where we'll... It's very achievable. Well, and that's the note that we're going to actually leave it on, that it is achievable. And as a leader, it's just, it's taking responsibility of what's important to the business. And the third big takeaway, if the water's salty, there's probably sharks (laughs) in in it. And Ross, what a practical, interesting, great conversation. Thank you so much for your time. No worries. Thank you very much. So that's Tech Live for today. CEOs are in the business of making decisions and leadership is the art of execution. I'm Stephanie Christopher and look forward to talking to you next time.